It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Rates, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. Well, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Jonathan. I'm back from a hiatus. I didn't get kicked out, um, but now it's just me and Alex, so... We're getting uh, the reps in on the duos, so I'm real excited to get back with you. We're through week nine of the season, and so we'll just jump right in with some some takeaways, Alex. So Bears and Dolphins is one game that we want to highlight. Uh, what are just your thoughts on that? That was, what, 67 points that were scored in that game. So uh, exciting game, a lot of offense. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, first off, good to have you back. We uh, Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah. Braden and I tried to hold down the fort while you were you were away. Um, maybe the hosting and editing took a slight dip, but uh, hopefully for the listeners we kept it up. But uh, definitely glad to have you back. But uh, we'll put the vacation Twitter, was good. We'll put a Twitter poll out later to see what the people thought. And... No, I don't want to know. We'll just keep it, you know. But just, uh, anyway, uh, Bears and Dolphins. Bears and Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, a year ago, if you had told me that a, a Bears and Dolphins game was exciting, I would have called you crazy. But this year. The tides have turned a little bit. The Dolphins are, I mean, by no means are they the best team in the AFC, um, not even the best team in their own division because they share the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. And, I mean, you can argue the Jets are looking good at 6-2 and two also. But, um, man, this was a good game. I, I continue to stand corrected on Tua and what he's doing this year. Tyreek Hill is just a nonstop monster every week, a lot of overthrown balls. He's coming back for a lot of them, but he's getting a lot of yards. Jalen Waddle, he Jalen Waddle missed on a 70 plus yard touchdown too. So he almost had a, he had a huge day, but he almost had a monster day. The big talk of the town though, for this game is really Justin Fields. Uh, he had an average passing day, but he had 178 yards rushing. Just stupid. I, I like, I mean, it's really hard to give fantasy analysis with that because you either stand on one or two sides. You either say, okay, yeah, he's obviously going to regress, which probably most people believe, or you're like, yeah, this is just how he is, you know? And it's, it, I, I think, I think you got to go a little bit more passing. You're like, obviously he's not going to have 170 rush yards, but if you look at his last four games, I think he's averaged like 110 rush yards a game. So, I mean, the rushing floor is definitely there. Yeah, and in one of his long rushes, I mean, he he basically scrambled through the entire Dolphins defense. Like it, it wasn't just like a Daniel Jones esque scramble. Like he was like breaking down linebackers and defensive backs in the middle of the field, like you know, beating out safeties. It's impressive, and what he's doing is and and realistically, like 178 yards on the ground, you know mid to late hundreds early 200 yards in the air with no weapons i mean defenses are scheming saying the bears have david montgomery who's okay he's good he's a good nfl running back and nothing else and chase claypool should hopefully alleviate some of that down the road but like he just looks awesome i mean he's i know we're gonna do buy lows and sell highs like justin fields is probably a sell high in redraft just because like obviously he's not gonna do this every game but I, I know in the offseason, I advised you to get him for a, a 2023 first because 
you, there wasn't a quarterback that you had on the roster really outside of Matthew Stafford. And that has to at least feel good to have Justin Fields in Dynasty. Well, it felt good, and except for the fact that I had his 50-plus points on my bench this last week. <laughs> and I started Marcus Mariota instead. So uh, my managing capabilities in our league of record is subpar at best. But no, yeah, I mean, it it's looking like he is really developing uh, really – I, you know, I keep thinking he's not as dynamic still as Lamar Jackson running the ball, but he's a better passer, I think. And so it's like the comps are there and the abilities are there to put up some of those numbers. Um, it's just like, well, how much can the offense carry him? But I think for, I mean, rest of season, though, he's easily a top 10 quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like you kind of threw him, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray in the same category where you're like, they're all smaller dudes who are fast and have above average arms, but are limited by, and Jalen Hurts not this year, but are limited by, you know, their their coaching staff, maybe their weapons to a degree, and just different other variables that are outside of their control. In terms of him being a top 10, I think that's true. He has three really good matchups coming up. He has a bye, and then he has a brutal schedule. Yeah. So, like, if you have a trade deadline, like, end of November, I know a lot of them are, like, November 26th, like, maybe ride out two more good weeks and look to sell. Uh, In Dynasty, I think he's, you know, he's emerged in the top probably eight. I think that's a discussion for another podcast. He's he's up there with some of those guys. But, yeah, I think he's a – if you got him off the waivers, I know I did in a couple leagues. I know I dropped him last week because he was going up against Dallas in a couple leagues. But, yeah, I think he's good. I think he elevates Cole Komet, who, you know, is on this list too that we were talking about. I think Cole Komet's back to, you know, tight end, high tight end two range as long as Justin Fields is good. I think Darnell Mooney is, you know, tight end or wide receiver three, maybe low end wide receiver two as long as Justin Fields is looking this good. So, I mean, it's it's an overall probably two steps up for this Bears offense, at least in the short term. Yeah, definitely some surprising stuff. I do want to, before we move on, just touch a little bit more on on Waddle and Hill. Um, pretty impressive what they're doing from a yardage standpoint. I mean, we thought they would be really good, but, I mean, they're sustaining wide receiver one numbers, and really there's just, like, no one else, aside from a, you know, random Mike Gesicki touchdown or Trent Sherfield catch. It really is just those two, um, and they're, they're mongering all the yards and all the targets, so... Um, I mean, just rest of season, like looking at Waddle and Hill, obviously Hill is the number one wide receiver in most formats, I would say, but Jalen Waddle, I mean, you think he finishes as a, as a wide receiver one? I do. I mean, the hard part about this is like, maybe from an analysis perspective, like if it was the opposite, if they were just getting touchdowns, right, we would say, regression is coming like you can't bank on this but they're not like especially Tyreek Hill like he'll get a touchdown occasionally but some of his games are just 150 yards 142 yards no touchdowns it's like that that is sustainable because that's game script and that is that is coaching like strategy and and if you watch these games it it's not like, you know, a Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs or, you know, Devontae Adams wide open or Justin Jefferson. It's like Tua is like significantly underthrowing these guys or making them make plays. But both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are just athletic enough and yeah. skilled enough that 
they're able to make plays. And so I think, you know, Tyreek Hill is in conversation for the wide receiver one rest of the season. Jalen Waddle, I mean, he's finishing top anywhere from a top four to eight wide receiver on most weeks. And so I think as long as this offense is sustainable and as long as there's not an injury, which you can say that to every offense, right? So we kind of have to take that out of the conversation. But like, yeah, I think he's top a top 10 wide receiver. Like, who, who would you, I guess, is what's the, is there somebody that's in that range that you would take Jalen Waddle over? Like, I mean, Devontae Adams or Jalen Waddle rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think you go Jalen Waddle. Um, Devontae Adams is going to have bigger games, I think, because as you saw, but I mean, that offense sputtered real quick <laughs> with the Raiders. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I go Jalen Waddle. Uh, I mean, T Higgins. Uh, it's tough because the Bengals scored so many points and T Higgins didn't have any of the touchdowns. Like it was mixing yeah. touchdowns. Well, so how do you, and, how do you read Burrow's, that? Well, Burrow sat for most of the second half as yeah. well. Um, okay. DeAndre Hopkins, who's coming back. Granted, like there could be regression there, but DeAndre Hopkins or Jalen, like, because that's a clear wide receiver one. <laughs> or a wide receiver two like that's a good you know yeah i think with marquise brown coming back you're gonna see deandre hopkins come back to earth a little bit um i, I mean he's still gonna i think be the number one over there um and i just don't know that cardinals offense is kind of interesting so i don't yeah. i mean both guys you name all the guys you named i think i would take jen waddle over i mean i don't yeah, know yeah. Would, you, would you take t higgins or deandre hopkins over waddle I, I would take Waddle over Higgins, but I, I'd i probably take Adams and uh, Hopkins as close. But I think that – I know we have to move on after this, but I think that show, that goes to show that Jalen Waddle is a clear wide receiver one rest of season. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver and, two on the Dolphins is – And in, in, dynasty is a whole, in Dynasty, it's a whole other conversation, what Jalen Waddle is. That'll be really fun this offseason. Yeah, Absolutely. So we'll stay in the NFC North for a second. We don't have to take too much time on this, um, but the Packers and Lions game, uh, Lions beat the Packers, and I don't think I've seen the Packers offense look worse under Aaron Rodgers than it did on Sunday. Um, maybe the Lions play good defense, but that's not been something typical. So um, speak to a little bit of the offensive woes, and then what are you doing with Aaron Rodgers? Like, is he droppable? Yeah, I mean, it looks bad, right? I mean, and this game was interesting because the Lions defense is so bad. But at the same time, the interceptions were just like really weirdly thrown. Something uncharacteristic, but is possibly a positive sign with Aaron Rodgers is that it looked like he was kind of finally like trying. Like he was like trying to force the ball in. He was... Usually, you know, he's kind of this like nonchalant. He does if there's even a a risk of an interception, he'll throw it away. This season, something's different where he's like at least aggressively trying to to get the ball places. He has no receivers too, right? So I don't know if he's. I mean, he's probably a drop rest, but like I I still just man, it's hard. I mean, two back to back MVP seasons. You know, he has the ability. We're talking about, you know, Justin Fields putting up 50 points with most of it on the ground. Aaron Rodgers can put up 50 points without rushing a single yard, right? We've seen him do it countless times. So, 
He's probably not a drop for me. I don't love playing him, but he's also still has a pretty good floor. And I think most of the quarterbacks that you're looking at on your waiver wire are, they could be okay, but by and large, they're, they also have a, a pretty low floor. So I think Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I'm still okay playing him over like a Matthew Stafford or like a Jimmy Garoppolo because he has the upside and his floor is still like, you know, 16 to 20 points. I mean, that's what you're looking for on the waiver wire, right? Yeah. I mean, those touch that all the interceptions, I mean, through three of them, which I don't know when the last time he threw three picks. I don't know if he's ever thrown three picks in his career. Yeah. Um, And they were bad. They were bad. They weren't like two of them are red zone. Interception. Well, I was just thinking he had that he had David Bakhtiari on the touchdown if he put enough loft under it. That was just a bad yeah. throw, but you look at like the margin for error, that's a touchdown. And then the one that got picked off when he was targeting Tunyon. I mean, I feel like if you throw that more inside and Tunyon, like you see Tunyon catch that ball so many times. Yeah. Um, and then Aiden Hutchinson just made a freaking heck of a play on that one. But um, yeah, so I think it's like it's hard to bank on him. I think the the fantasy points here, though, like if Alan Lazard is healthy, you got to play him. He's clearly the guy here. Yeah. Uh, especially with Romeo Dobbs out for a couple weeks. If Aaron Jones is healthy, you still have to play him. I mean, he's just Aaron Jones. If And if Aaron Jones goes down, the Packers don't look great, but you're still going to play A.J. Dillon if Aaron Jones is out. Yeah, A.J. Dillon definitely got a lot of the goal line work on some of those initial early carries, but it's, couldn't convert. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to play them both right now. Um, just with that, I mean, their offense. Yeah, spin it any way you can. It's got the potential, but it hasn't shown. And now we're week nine, week ten into the season. You've got to adjust. If you spend a lot on Packers, I think you've got to you've got to start finding some alternatives. Unless you can just wait it out some more. And I don't know that a lot of teams are in that position. Well, that's my point, right? You you play Alan Lazard if he's like if you need to. I think Robert Tonyan's a fine streaming option. If Aaron Jones is healthy, you have to play him, but you cannot play Dylan if Aaron Jones is healthy. If Aaron Jones is not healthy, you have to play Dylan. So it's like the Packers don't look great, but from a fantasy perspective, it's pretty cut and dry. Right. Yeah. It's not not complicated by any means. Okay. Well, another, you know, historic quarterback and some of their woes talking about the Bucks. And then you mentioned Matt Stafford to the Rams. Um uh, let's talk Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. I know you've been big on Rashad White um, and just the talent there. They were pretty much 50-50 on touches. Fournette had a few more receiving yards and uh, targets, but, I mean, you're, you've you stashed Rashad White, I think, in a, in a lot of leagues. Like, is he – are we starting him? Are we playing him in a flex? Um, I don't know. I think you, I think you can. Uh, yeah, I have him – in every non-dynasty league, essentially, I have him that I was able to get him. I think you can play him as a maybe a low-end flex, but with high-end upside. He's kind of the high... I think I've always viewed him, and I've talked to you and Braden about this when y'all are like, who do you drop You know, week five? I don't think you drop Rashad White because he's the highest contingent upside, right? He's, he's, right. Showing, he's showing his ability to get on the field. He, this week didn't have that many opportunities, but typically he has the pass catching profile that Tom Brady historically has utilized. And then it's, it's not just a matter of Rashad White's skill set. I mean, his size speed combo is off the charts, 
But then on top of that, it's always like, who's the lead back and what is their injury profile? What is their history? And none of us have a lot of confidence in Leonard Fournette long-term. And so it's kind of a waiting game, but it's also emerged as one of this, like, honestly, kind of like an AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. Now they're flipped, right? Like <laughs> Leonard Fournette is the bigger back and Aaron, you know, the AJ Dillon, but it's flipped where Rashad White is actually the more explosive back that you can actually play. I mean, it's, it's a similar comp to Khalil Herbert in Chicago behind David Montgomery. But I think, you know, if the Bucks can turn this around, which I think we all believe that they can now, if they will, it's a different story, but then, you know, Rashad White has a lot more value than he's being currently used at. Yeah. And I mean, now is kind of the point in the season when, Running backs are starting to get some more miles on them, especially guys like Leonard Fournette that have played most of the season, handle most of the workload. And so you're going to start seeing guys out for a week. And I mean, if Leonard Fournette goes down, Rashad White has, you know, running back one potential by all means. Yeah. Yeah. And it, narrative wise, which narrative is hard to bank on, but Tom Brady typically does not utilize rookie running backs. And like you said, this last week and really the weeks up to this point, he's been increasing at it. But Rashad White is is already like splitting time with Leonard Fournette. And that's kind of unheard of in a typical Tom Brady offense. So that's something to note. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what he does this week and if that content trend continues. Uh real quick, we were talking about uh Waddle earlier, and I don't think you probably view him as high, but Mike Evans, I mean, are you is he still in the wide receiver one conversation or is he really more a high end wide receiver two? Um, I guess let me pose a question this way. I would say you're taking Waddle over Mike Evans, right? Would you agree? Yes, I would. Okay. Um, so let me throw a few more in here then. So Mike Evans or Debo Samuel, assuming he is coming back healthy from the bye. That's a hard one. I would probably take I, I've never been big on Debo. I'd probably take Mike Evans. Okay. Um, I had another one in my head and now I'm blanking on it. So if you have one, go T. For Higgins, it. T. Higgins or Mike Evans. With Jamar Chase out, I'm I'm probably going T. Higgins, but when Jamar Chase comes back, that's a different story. Honestly, though, it seems like T. Higgins plays better when Jamar Chase is there. It's yeah. Kind of interesting. Um, Tyler Boyd's the one that gets the biggest bump when Jamar Chase is out. So same offense, Chris Godwin's or Mike Ev- Chris Godwin, who has not had a great start of the season. He's gotten double digit targets in most games, just hasn't connected really. But same offense, who do you take? I think you still gotta go Mike Evans just because the red zone targets. Brady's gonna yes. continue to target. And they haven't really, I mean, Kate Otten's started to come on, but he hasn't really taken the red zone okay. presence like like Mike Evans. Um Okay, last this is kind one. Of... Go ahead. Um, somebody that we'll talk about a little bit later, Mike Evans or uh, I was gonna say Amon Ra, but I I think that's pretty easy, Mike Evans. Uh yeah, I would take Amon Ra there. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Even with so, with a couple down weeks and Jamison Williams on the horizon. Yeah, we'll t- and like we said, he's in our buy low segments. So we'll talk about that in a second. But I think this is what you expect with Mike Evans. You get the ups and you get the downs. You know that it's part of his fantasy year like he's had game three has two receptions and two touchdowns right and so it's like but he also has the big explosions so i think i'm not i'm not riding the 
freaking out whenever the waves are up and down with Mike Evans. I think you you know what you got. It's a high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. If somebody doesn't view it that way, go buy him. Yeah. Okay. Last one, real quick, just because this is kind of a wild one. Um, oh, where'd it go? Okay, Christian Kirk or Mike Evans. Mike Evans. I'm not buying the Christian Kirk hype at all. Who do you think is higher this season in PPR? What do you, where Christian, do you think Christian, I would say Christian Kirk is. Okay. Yeah, Christian Kirk is the number 10 wide receiver on the season, and Mike Evans is the 11th. Yeah, so. I'm just not – I mean – Also, Jalen Waddle is the fifth wide receiver in PPR. Yeah, it's I, – I mean, I think Christian Kirk, I don't know if he's if that's sustainable. Maybe it is. I think we're talking about sell highs. He's not in that category. Maybe he's a sell high. I don't know. Okay, last one, and, and we'll go quick on this one before we get – because we want to get some bylaws and sell highs. But the Jets and Bills game, uh, the Jets – continue to surprise us um so really at six and three the jets are and so they're tied now with the bills at six and three i believe um th- is jets defense that good or is the bills offense kind of in a rut here um and if so are you changing your view on any bills offensive players yeah i think it's a little bit of both i think the jets defense is that good and i think now when we're looking at wide receiver matchups against the Jets. We need to, just like we do Jerry Alexander, you know, we need to say, okay, Sauce Gardner is on the Jets. He's going to basically shut down whatever wide receiver one is on the opposite team. So I think from a fantasy perspective, we need to take that into account. I don't know if the Jets defense is going to be overall sustainable just because their offense isn't that good either. So like, they'll be on the field a lot and get worn down from good offenses. However, the bills, I mean, we see them in a handful, four or five games a year, just kind of not show up and not really play well. There was the Josh Allen injury, which that's a different, that's probably a, our Friday pod conversation, but um, you know, I'm not too worried about the bills. You asked, you know, what are you doing with the bills offense? The rest of them. I think the only readjustment we really need is that, I think Devin Singletary goes from kind of a high-end running back two with the addition of Naheem Hines and James Cook playing more. I think Devin Singletary needs to be downgraded to like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 with a lot of risk. And then I think Gabe Davis needs to be downgraded from a wide receiver two, probably how we were valuing him to a, you know, one of those wide receiver three flex options with like a, you know, he's a great person having your flex because he can get those right, long touchdowns. Yeah. But that's, those are the only adjustments I'm making. I think nothing, nothing too substantial or considerable for any fantasy landscape. Yeah. Okay. On the other side, Garrett Wilson uh, was far and away superstar. Forget uh, Munger in the offense. Of course, Corey Davis is out, but Elijah Moore, I don't even think did Elijah Moore play because he didn't have a target, didn't have a catch. He might have a target. Um, so, yeah, like Garrett Wilson, rest to see. Is he the now? We I feel like we've gone back and forth with the rookies, but is he kind of emerging as the top rookie from that class right now? Yeah, I mean, some of those like he's beating double teams on a regular basis, and Zach Wilson's throwing him the ball right, so it's not like you know, it's not like somebody's putting it exactly where it needs to be. I dropped him in a league a couple weeks back. 
because I had other issues in depth and needed to pick people up. And I regret it so much. Like it, it gives me flashbacks to the Justin Jefferson rookie year where Justin Jefferson's the first like seven or eight weeks started off really slow. And then he just boomed. That's really what I'm, that's what this looks like. I mean, he looks, he looks elite. He's burning corners. If the buy window is open, I think you go buy him, but I don't know if you can. I don't know where, like, where Chris are you Alabe at? Or Garrett Wilson, rest of the season. I'd probably take Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I I put him in our notes as Garrett Wilson is a trade target. So I, I just I think that maybe because he didn't get a touchdown this week, um, I don't think he got a touchdown. No, he did not. Yeah, I think he had ninety eight for ninety six or something like that. But you might be able to go get him, and I mean, he's he's easily a wide receiver two the rest of the season, right? I mean, not going to be in that wide receiver one, but he's a solid mid like top 18 wide receiver rest of the year. Yeah. And that's, that's with his talent being hindered by quarterback play game script. I mean, if he continues at the trajectory, he's going, he could be a low end wide receiver one rest of season two. So I have a, I have a comp here. Well, I'll just do it. Cause it's, it's in our cell highs and, and we'll jump to that here next. Cause we're getting close on time, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Garrett Wilson, rest of the season. I'll take Garrett Wilson because also Kadarius Tony. I want that experiment's probably going to eat into Juju a little bit. Michael Hardman looks okay. I don't know if I think Garrett Wilson's a safer bet. Yeah, I probably go Garrett Wilson there too. Um, it's interesting with the Jets and all their relevance. Also, I did want to correct myself. The Bills are six and two because they had a buy, so they're technically still in first place in the AFC East. But um, nonetheless. Two teams at six and three in the Bills and or in the Jets and Dolphins, and then you get the Bills atop. So, uh, any other takeaways you want to talk about there before we move on? No, I mean, the running back game in the in uh, New York is always going to be a. I don't think you're you have a lot of stake in it, right? I think Michael Carter looked fine, but James Robinson's there, and I I don't I don't know what to do with that. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to bet on, you know either running back really, but that's uh, I know a lot of people really like either or, and there's a lot of takes there, but I just think it's too, too murky to like plant a flag. Yeah. I mean, there's just seems like there's better options out there to play in your, your flex really is what it comes down to. If you have to play as a running back too, I probably go Michael Carter over James Robinson, just cause he knows the offense a little bit better right now, but um, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. So Okay, so we got a couple of buys and lows, buy buys and lows, buy lows and sell highs here. So uh kick it off with maybe the first buy low that you want to talk about. So the first one we alluded to it a little bit is Amon Ross St. Brown. He still has not looked, I mean, he was incredible. He's a wide receiver three prior to injury. His first couple games back been a little bit weird. There's been a couple weird game script things. He this last game, he was really projected to kind of break out, but we knew he was playing against Green Bay, which means he had J.R. Alexander, one of the best corners in the league, and he still had a, a modest, like, he didn't hurt you. He had a decent day. And so he's got a really good schedule coming up, you know, outside of his injury and really the last two games. He's still one of the better wide receivers in football over the last, like, 14, if you count, playoff games. NFL games played. Um, the the Amon Ross St. Brown owner 
undoubtedly is disappointed because he started off really strong and then just hasn't been available. And when he has been available for fantasy, you have to play him and he's not done super well for you. So I think that's a really good buy low. If you can get him, um, you know, if he has a couple more bad games, you know, we, we probably readjust at the end of the season, but he's a couple good matchups. He's not going to have any, you know, elite shadow corners. So I think you, I think he's a good buy low. If you can get him at like a wide receiver, a low end wide receiver to price range, I think you got to do it. Yeah. The other ones we had on here, we talked about Leonard Fournette. Um, we're still considering him a buy low cause he's still, you know, on that bucks offense. And um, obviously he hasn't, he really hasn't hurt you either the last three weeks, um, but he hasn't had his, you know, crazy games like he had been having for the bucks. The other one we talked about was Aaron Jones. Um, obviously has some injury questions that owner's probably a little nervous about, and he just only had five points last game. So um, an option there, the one that I really want to highlight and maybe talk a little bit more about is Mark Andrews. Um, over the last three weeks, he's the tight end 48, um, which kind of blew my mind. Obviously he's been hurt and didn't play this last week, but, the tight end 48, that's like guys that weren't even on the roster at the beginning of the season are ahead of him in the last couple of weeks. So um, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I was just thinking I've got Dallas Goddard in a couple of places. How do you feel about pairing Dallas Goddard with, say, maybe, I don't know, say like a, a Juju, and we'll talk more about him later, and getting Mark Andrews. Do you think an owner would go for that? Uh, you think you're going to have to come a little bit more I think with Dallas Goddard, you might be able to make that happen. I'm a, so you said what uh tight end 48, he has been injured. So he has missed some of those games. So well, absolutely, he's only that, played like one and a half games, but still like he, yeah. for where he's, he was, I guess. Okay. I'm not thinking. Yeah. Okay. But, but okay. to your point, the impact that the owner is feeling is that he cannot use Mark Andrews. Right. It's like, right. so I get it. I think anytime there's an injury dip on an elite player, you have to at least, like, you have to at least try, shoot a yeah, shot, price. yeah, just see, see if there's blood in the water. You might be able to do Goddard and Juju. I think, especially if the Mark Andrews owner needs to buy wins because they're on a buy this week too, um, I'd say go get him if you can. I'd I'd spend him. I mean, I'd pair a lesser tight end and a higher wide receiver for him, right? I think, I, I think you can get it done. But again, if if the Mark Andrews under seven and two, eight and one, like you're not gonna get him. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, you really gotta factor in records at this point. Um, and and a cool feature that a lot of people have and probably look at. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but the playoff percentage on the apps. Um, use that to your advantage. Um, if you're just kind of a nugget, if someone's you know, looking like they're on borderline 50% or 40% playoff, then maybe you can leverage a, a trade talking, Hey, you got to make playoffs. So you got, you know, what, five more weeks of the season, four more weeks of the season. Um, and, and looking at those percentages sometimes kind of help They're you know, obviously not exact, but just kind of a thought there, another resource. So, um, okay. So sell highs and then we'll get out of here. Um, obviously Joe Mixon is a huge sell high Um, he scored 53 points last week, but talk to speak to Alex a little bit of, of why he's a sell high. Cause if you're, you know, maybe not the everyday fantasy player, you're like 53 points. Why would I want to get that out of my lineup? That won me my week. Um, so why are you selling high on Joe Mixon? 
So the biggest thing for me is, and I think you and I and Braden to an extent too, um, or really all three of us pretty concretely, actually, Joe Mixon is not the type of running back that we go after in the draft season, just because there's not that elite like skill and opportunity combo that can really like win you a league. I, if you're a Joe Mixon owner, you felt this, right? Because he's good, but he also, there's a lot of weeks he doesn't perform. To put it into perspective, he had 19 high value touches. So like green zone, 20 yards on in the first eight weeks. He had seven in the first half of the last game. So, yeah, you could say regression was coming, but that's that's so far over regression that there's regression back coming. So, if if someone is finally saying yes, I'm I'm so glad. Like, okay, Mixon's finally back. I would say go go get you know go upgrade. I think you could go get. I mean, I would go sell Mixon for a buy low Jonathan Taylor right now. Alvin Kamara had a huge game. He went down a week. I'd go. I'd upgrade from Mixon to Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's a. I think there's a couple moves you could definitely make. You know, pair him, pair Mixon with a. If you need wide receiver help with a, you know, a Juju, and go get a an elite wide receiver. So that would be my take. You don't need to do it. Obviously, he's. I think Joe Mixon's gonna have a couple more twenty plus point games this year, maybe two or three, but he's obviously no one can do fifty three points every week, right? So. Well, and the, the Bengals offense is showing a lot of volatility right now. Um, some weeks they score 40 points, some weeks they score 17. Um, and you just have a lot of mouths to feed there. And usually it's the wide receivers that get those. But uh, I mean, like you said, don't have to sell him, but he definitely could yield a pretty big bounty right now if you have him. Joe Mixon or Travis Etienne rest of the season? <laughs> Braden needs to be on here for that question so he can smash that button. Um because I'm I'm ETN like easily. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would probably go ETN. I don't know about easily just because the offenses are so like you're gonna have more probably green zone touches for Mixon than ETN. But ETN is like explosive and he is the only person they hand the ball to anymore. Well, so. ETN's getting his team's green zone work as well, plus their passing work. And yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, so you definitely get more catches for ETN and targets. So Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, or Ramondre Stevenson. That's a probably a good. There's uncertainty both ways. I mean, I think I go Joe Mixon on that. Um, I I don't know. I guess maybe I don't value Ramondre as much as I should, and I don't know if Damian Harris plays a role at all coming back. Um, taking away from some of that. I just again the offense of the Bengals is better, and I'd probably target the better offense there. But you sounds like you go Ramondre there. It's close, but I think that puts that kind of makes my point. That puts Joe Mixon in that category. I think you know he's not in the Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, you know, elite Joe, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Travis. Etienne. I mean, we have all those guys ahead of Joe Mixon. I think that's the point we're making is. Can it keep him in that bottom 10 category? So if you can upgrade him to a top seven, eight running back, I think you do it. Yeah. 
Um, last three sell highs will hit quickly. Uh, Devonte Adams is kind of been a sell high pretty much all year. Um, he's had some big games, had some low, he's been a sell high, then a buy low and then a sell high. And then he's kind of up and down, but, uh, with this big game, you probably can sell him and maybe get something a little bit more consistent. I don't know. You might be able to swing Waddle. Um, I, you said you take Adams though over Waddle rest of the season. Yeah, it's close. I like Waddle's consistency rest of year more than Adams. And I think Waddle has the potential for big games too, as we've seen. He has some big games too. So I you know, I think the ceilings there are the same, but I think the floor is higher for Waddle. So if if that's what your team needs, I'm okay doing that. And then we talked about Juju a little bit. So maybe being able to get something a little bit more stable, especially with Kadarius Tony coming. Um Juju's had scored 35 points his last two games. So take advantage of that. And then the guy that I'll talk a little bit more at length about is just Kenyon Drake. Um, Again, somebody that's been on the waiver wire and then picked up and then has a big week and then gets dropped because then he has a little week. So take advantage of his big week. Uh, Gus Edwards is coming back and, you know, JK Dobbins is starting to gear up to probably come back here in a few weeks. Um, So you really, you might get a few games from Kenyon Drake, but I think come playoff time, which you really got to start thinking about those playoff schedules and those playoff things. Um, Kenyon Drake is going to be in a backfield with a lot of different people. And obviously um, Harbaugh's riding the hot hand. So Justin Hill, Justice Hill got some looks, but it was, you know, Kenyon Drake's game um, against the Saints. So, uh, I mean, you can do worse than Kenyon Drake for sure, but if you can capitalize and sell high and maybe get somebody that's a, bona fide starter um and even pair Kenyon drake with someone to get somebody a little bit more high profile then i say you absolutely do it um and and maybe even look at some playoff schedules and matchups coming up if you're pretty much a lock for playoffs at this point so uh that wraps the sell highs unless you have any closing thoughts there on Kenyon drake alex no uh you know your probably most advantageous avenue is to go to the J.K. Dobbins owner or the Gus Edwards owner and just say, hey, lock up this backfield. Here you go. And get get a good depth piece. Yeah. And they might go for that just because the injury-riddenness of the backfield. So, And again, taking stock of your team of what you need and where you can just shore up things and, and solidify. That's kind of the name of the game at this point. Um, battle of attrition. Um, so that depth comes in handy. So, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, get out of your hair. We appreciate you listening to another episode of the average pros. Uh, we should all be back, uh, later this week for all three of us. Uh, sorry, next week. Um, we'll have our start sit one coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that. So you get the little bell or notification whenever we got a new one. So until next time, we're the average pros. See ya. Your time is valuable, and we thank you for sharing a little of it with The Average Pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and The Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.